Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. All right, y'all. We are going back to our roots with a Midwest 2020 mini tour. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Thank goodness. Corn-fed entertainment. Tater tot hot dish. Mm, hot dish 2020. We are going to be in Indianapolis on March 18th, Chicago on the 19th, and the Twin Cities, a.k.a. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Ever heard of it? On Saturday, March 21st. Got some more dates. Amanda, what else do we have? From there, we're going to be going to St. Louis on March 23rd and Kansas City, Missouri, Trump, <laughs> on March 24th. Tickets can be found at our website, wineandcrimepodcast.com. So keep your eye out, get those trigger fingers ready, mm-hmm. and buy them before they sell out, baby. Yes, please. We can't wait to see you all. See you in March. Welcome back to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Uh, I'm Kenya. Oh, oh. <laughs> there she, there oh. she blows. <laughs> I'm Kenyon. <laughs> that was Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> that was Amanda. <laughs> and I'm Lucy. Okay, and uh, this week we are going to be talking about crimes of passion. passion. Okay, this has seriously been my favorite research project so far. <laughs> because my, you get to watch so I, many Lifetime movies. Oh my I God. love this so much. I had so, <laughs> so much happy. trouble choosing a crime. I literally went so far down the rabbit hole on like 20 different crimes. and Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, oh, yeah. there's too much. There's too many people that yes, want to kill their fucking so partners. Much. Yeah. We're going to be on the air forever. <laughs> there's so much content. You'll never get rid of us. This episode will be 36 hours long <laughs> until we all die of alcohol poisoning. It's perfect. Huzzah! <laughs> all right, I am well stocked until in the morning, then. And I have not eaten anything and the wine is flowing. I am like a doomsday <laughs> prepper when it comes to alcohol. <laughs> I'm like alcohol and toilet paper. I am set forever. It's so, cheaper when you uh, buy. I definitely buy the always case. have more alcohol than toilet paper in my house. <laughs> um, All right. So crimes. you can always rinse, but water can't get you drunk. So <laughs> yet. <laughs> so uh, I just have to point out, I'm I'm currently in Denver, recording in my Marriott room. And Hot. the reason I'm here is because my husband, Corey's little brother, is performing in a play of Medea, if we Ooh. recall. Medea Halloween. That is like the original crime like, of death. Not the Tyler Perry Medea. Like the Medea goes to jail? No. Medea goes Madea's to Denver. Halloween. Not the Diary of a Mad Black Woman, the Greek okay. play. Medea gets her groove back. <laughs> yes, by killing her children and her husband oh, in a fit of rage. Perfect. That one, got it. Okay, that one. The only play I ever cared about was Steel Magnolias. So, <laughs> drink your juice, Shelby. 
Oh my god. It is minute three of this recording and we are just Hey, we like to unravel real early on this show. We're warming okay. up. We should be used to that by now. Amanda, do Hi. you want to give us our wine pairing for the episode? Yes I do. Yes I do. This week's crime pairing was actually suggested by a lovely friend, Kelly Maureen. So Woo-hoo! thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Thanks to you, we are currently drinking the Affair Pinot Noir. <laughs> so this is a 2015 Pinot out of South Africa, specifically the Hemel Anard Valley outside of Cape Town. This particular bottle is part of the La Verge Wines of Desire collection, and La Verge is like French for the virgin. Let's start oh. that over. It's pronounced La Vierge. Oh Ugh, my god. I'm not French, <laughs> so I don't care. Alright, fine. <laughs> She doesn't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> we found this to be a perfect fit with today's topic, crimes of passion, though I don't think any of our featured killers are actually virgins, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, a little bit about Pinot Noir. It is a red wine grape variety. Its name derives from the French words for pine, alluding to the way the grapes cluster super tightly like a pine cone, hmm. and black in reference to the grape's Um, super deep purple color. Uh, Pinot Noir grapes are notoriously finicky to grow, which I didn't realize. I didn't know any, uh, anything about the, like, how crappy it is to grow them because you see Pinot Noir everywhere. It's such a popular wine. I assumed that the grapes were pretty easy to work with, but they're really not because they cluster so tightly that they, um, and their their skin is really thin. So it leaves them susceptible to rot. So Pinot Noir grapes need, like, constant, continuous canopy management. So I'm talking about, like, old, fat Italian guys just sleeping (laughs) in the vineyard. Just around-the-clock care. Oh, my God. that. That reminds me of that, like, movie. I think it was, like, Keanu Reeves' movie. In, like, the mm. late 90s where he, like, falls in love with, like, an Italian girl and, like, the family won't accept him because he's Keanu Reeves. But then mm, he, like, saves not the, the lake house. But he, like, saves not... the vineyard from, like, a fire and then they accept him. It's it's a really sexy movie. Continue. Is it Point oh Break? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're surfing. <laughs> I forgot to mention the surfing and the FBI. But, yeah, that's all in there, too. Yeah. Mm. Cool. I love that one um, movie Keanu Reeves did. I think it's him. His only movie. Yeah. The Lake House. (laughs) Anyway. The Lake House. (laughs) Despite their deep purple color when on the vine, Pinot Noir grapes actually produce a much lighter in color, medium-bodied wine with low tannins. So this bottle definitely has a lot of those qualities and is giving us uh, some of those classic Pinot Noir notes of cherry, dark fruit, tiny bit of spice, and just a touch of acidity. Uh, Pinot Noir is a really good wine to go with really any kind of food. It's light enough that it could be paired with fish. You can eat it with, like, hanger steak, which is really fucking good. Clams. It's an awesome, awesome food wine. Um, And this is also, thank God, a twist-off. So let's dive in. Yeah. No pap this week. No pap. No pap. No. I've been drinking it already, so. (laughs) We've all been pre-gaming a little bit. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Lucy, do you want to give us some uh, background and psychology into crimes of passion? Crimes of Of passion. passion. (laughs) Yes, I will. Um, So, a crime of passion has to be distinguished (laughs) from um, just any run-of-the-mill impulsive crimes. 
which, Ooh. you know, can range from whatever, streaking or peeping toms or whatever. Uh, arson. Yeah. Some arson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything, really. Yeah. Um, so the forensically speaking, so this is in the eyes of the investigators, there's a difference between impulsive crimes and crimes of passion. Impulsive crimes are all impulsively executed and unplanned aggressive acts uh, where we can find no preceding events that can be derived from a relevant relationship between the offender and the victim. So, so just okay. random, just random victims picked. Right. There's no relationship with the victim. Okay, um, got it. The main difference is that a crime of passion is also impulsive in that it's spontaneous and it's aggressive, um, and they're executed in a highly stressful state, but they're directed towards someone that they have a relationship with. So okay. that's really the only difference in a like in a court of law or in the detective size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what about? I have a question. What about like a parent who sees someone like hurting their child? Or, I don't know, less immediate. Like, here's a rumor that someone has, like, hurt their child severely and yeah, okay. attacks that person. So I guess um, it's not necessarily... The relationship isn't necessarily with the victim because one of the a possible motive is that you are acting in defense of someone that you love. Okay. Yep. So if there's a relationship there, it could also be framed as a crime of passion. Because okay. of the relationship between, like, mother and child. Yep, or um, okay. a husband walks in on a wife banging another dude, and he yep. kills the dude, even though the dude is a stranger. Yep. Or something oh, okay. like that. Okay, okay, okay. Making sense. Um, premeditation is a really big part when it comes to the legality of this. Uh, crimes of passion are usually not premeditated. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Can, okay. can it can it be premeditated and still be a crime of passion? Um, L- like ever? Not, <clears throat> not really. Mm. I think it. I think it can. I, this is kind of the slippery area where, like, your lawyer would try to frame right. it as a crime of passion, not premeditated, and then you could get off on something like. I was going to say because your charges are less if it's. Not premeditated. Yeah. Yep. If it's not premeditated. So the, the crime of passion defense, legally speaking, is an effort to eliminate the element of premeditation. So it could drop from a first degree murder charge to a second degree or manslaughter, which would get you a significantly less prison time. Got it. Okay. So right. the premeditation so is like a big factor when it comes to lawyering. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, other, other related terms that the defense uses are temporary insanity Mm-hmm. Which is used okay. a lot, or provocation. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, so this this defense is often called the law of Texas, where oh God. juries oh God. <laughs> juries tend to be more lenient to cuckolded lovers who wreak their own vengeance. Go figure. Ooh. But probably only cuckolded white men who wreak That's their the own vengeance. That's the grossest sentence I've ever heard. I know. <laughs> I do not like that. That's just a terrible Yucky. word, cuckold. And I also cuckolded. never, I never Ugh. know exactly how to pronounce it. Like, is it cuckold or cuckold or, like, how how, how quickly do you say it? I'd just say avoid using the word altogether, and yeah. we fix this problem entirely. I think it's, it's like, one of the words that Shakespeare made up, so it's like not even a real word. Ugh. Oh, Shakespeare. Ugh. God. Um, women, a- women are more likely to get shorter sentences. 
because juries tend to see women as the victim more often in domestic mm-hmm. situations. Because we are. Because we're always right. You deserved whatever you got. Yeah. You had it coming, and we're going to start quoting Chicago. But yes. Yep. Um, that said... There, in 1994, there was a man named Kenneth Peacock who shot his wife <gasps> in the head. I believe this I'm was in Virginia. So, I'm so glad you brought up Peacock. I almost did him. He was one of my, like, ones that I was considering. Go on. Oh, my God. Ew. So he was, like, a long-distance trucker who came home to find his wife banging some guy. And he mm-hmm. shot both of them. Well, I don't know about the guy. He at least shot his wife in the head with a shotgun. He got 18 months in yep. prison. Oh, wow. So nothing. Here's a quote from the judge. The judge said he wished he didn't have to send him to prison at all, that he knew that he must, quote, to make the system honest. Jesus Uh Christ. He said, said, I seriously wonder how many men married four or five years would have the strength to walk away without inflicting some corporal punishment. Corporal punishment? Yeah. Like Uh blasting her head off, you know. Ugh. First, first of all, murdering cray someone cray. is not corporal punishment. Second of all, no spouse gets to inflict corporal punishment no. on another spouse. You do what, you do what 50% of the population does and you get divorced. Well, yeah. this is a modern this is a modern sentiment that you ladies have because I also have yeah. some stats about honor killings yeah. which were oh, right. which were legal okay. in Brazil until 1991. In Brazil? Yikes. In Brazil. Jesus. And then, Come on. And even, even in the United States, up through the 1970s, killing your adulterous spouse was considered justifiable homicide. Justifiable what? homicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, patriarchy. Number one. Patriarchy. Fucking patriarchy. That's some bullshit. You own your wife, so we don't really give a fuck if you kill her. I mean, kind of yeah. what that means. They weren't saying men or women necessarily but it was a they spe- didn't have to i know yeah they, really they kind didn't of have didn't to. have to and also just like access to bodies and sex as a commodity like mm-hmm. and property mm-hmm. fucking patriarchy okay patriarchy. Continue. does that count as our second patriarchy yep yep i don't even know i've completely lost count Already, <laughs> and we're like ten minutes in. I'm well, gonna get like two. an abacus for how many times mm-hmm. we say fucking patriarchy. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> um, uh, nearly fifteen percent of all women in the U.S. have been the victim of what could be considered a crime of passion. A victim. Ugh. Um, Wait, say that again. Nearly fifteen percent of all women in the U.S. have been a victim. All women. All women. Wow. Um, 30% of women who are killed, oh wait, sorry, 30% of women murdered are killed by their spouse or partner. Yeah, yeah but that, that goes beyond crimes of passion, though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's maybe not that, that relevant. I'm just trying to link this to uh, domestic abuse here. Yeah. Uh, mm. Domestic well, yeah. abuse, I think, is going to get its own episode because we've focused exclusively on women for whatever reason for this one. Mm-hmm. Of women killers, yeah. And right. on our cults episode, we accidentally focused on women cult leaders. Women cult leaders? Confession, we just we're know feminists. How to do it. We do it right. <laughs> we're not actually advocating killing right. men, but somehow killing of women is just sadder. Disgusting. So, yeah. yeah. No. 
It's less interesting. Yeah. Um, so some possible motives behind a crime of passion could be passion. Passion. projection. A person subconsciously projects onto their partner slash victim traits or emotions left over from a different relationship. So one example that I read about was a boy wanting to murder or conquer his girlfriend because he was projecting emotions from his abusive father and he wanted to conquer or control his fear of his father. Conquer? Oh, my God. It's a control. I mean, this is all, it's a control insecurity issue. Mm -hmm. Um, We kind of already covered jealousy that requires no Uh further explanation. And Mm -hmm. then, like I mentioned earlier, acting on behalf of someone we love, and that is a factor of empathy. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, this was really bizarre, so stick with me here. Okay. Another motive could be fear of being overwhelmed by your impulses to show your control. So, example. what? So, for example, a man... Um, accidentally or just loses control. He's so angry, he loses control. He grabs a gun and he shoots at his girlfriend. But it's out of a loss of control. And then he turns around and he goes, oh my God, what have I just done? Wait, I can't admit to myself that I was out of control. I really did want to shoot her. So she turns around and shoots her again on purpose, deliberately. Oh. So it's a fear. That is insane. A fear of loss of control. I know, it is it's weird. Um, so they're, the science behind it, they say it is less distressing to plan and execute something purposefully than to do the same action out of loss of control. Okay. Well, so you, you can shock yourself, basically, and then to try mm-hmm. to manage or cope with that shock in the moment you do it again. You choose or like, to do it again. Or, like, or not it's necessarily almost like again, a bizarre way of justifying what you've done. It's like, oh, I shot her by accident, but nope, actually I meant to. It's, you're it's, like telling yourself. It's proving to yourself that you're not out of control, you know, but the only mm. way you can control it is to do it on purpose. Do the same Got action it. on purpose. Crazy. Right. Um, oh, that's the fucking so batshit. Okay. Some level of insecurity... It kind of underlines all of these motives. So problems trusting your partner that leads to a succession of compromises that could result Mm -hmm. in a crime. Um, Most people who respond to a situation with violence, like in these crimes of passion, have a history of responding to conflicts with aggression. This usually isn't just out of fucking nowhere. So it's Mm -hmm. people that already need to be in anger management or already possibly abusive and then mm-hmm. they snap. Yep. Right. Okay. Um, They're not equipped with the proper, like, coping mechanisms to get through whatever horrible garbage they're probably dealing with, to be fair. Right. But. Right. right. And one scientist com- compared this, like, committing a crime of passion is to a child's tantrum. Where, like, you know, a kid gets so upset, like a two-year-old, they just totally lose touch with reality. And they enter yeah. a state of temporary madness where they just lash out and attack everything. It, that but it's, is a tantrum. It's not I so much that. out of hostility as it is, like, a fear response. It's kind of a fear yeah. fight or flight yeah. thing. That's oh, why a okay. lot of people say that they just black out and all of a sudden yep. their wife is dead on the floor. Well, okay. shit, maybe there is actually some, like, legitimacy to that claim yeah yeah so i always assumed it was just such i'm sure it's used in a cop-out way for a lot of defenses but 
Right. I always assumed it was just bullshit to try to be like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, I didn't do it. Well, I got into the <laughs> neurology aspect of this. <laughs> oh, my God. There's, okay, good. There's, good, good. There's two hormones in the brain that they've kind of narrowed down to attribute to these kinds of behaviors. It's oxytocin uh-huh. and vasopressin. Both okay. of them act as both hormones and neurotransmitters. So they regulate both our mood and also affect our behavior. I thought oxytocin was like a good one. Like it made you happy. Exactly. So oxytocin kind of respond. That's the empathy part. It's the love. It's the affection. It's the attachment. And then, well, okay, I'll put it this way. Both of them function to increase what's called approach behaviors, such as love and aggression. They're drawing okay. people so do these to hormones each other. Work together to create some sort of balance <clears throat> yeah. to keep you like normal, for lack of a better word. Yeah. It's... And then when this shit gets out of whack, it can lead to all this fucking crazy behavior. It's well, it basically tells you to fight instead of flight. Sure. Okay. Exactly. So, but both of them work. Um, both of them are involved in love and empathy and relationship. And that's this. It's the same thing as wanting to fight and defend, and the violence, the clashing. They're the same thing. So it is funny how how the that line is just so thin between the two. It really. Yeah. It's the same hormones that do yeah. both. Like, and that's not a, that's not perception. That is science. Yep. So yeah, you're not either neurology. a lover. You're not either a lover or a fighter. You're both. There's yep. there's and no it, distinction. Well, it's interesting because there have been other situations, like I'm just speaking from personal experience here, like there have been situations that like on paper were like pretty similar. I'm I'm mostly thinking about like sexual harassment or like sexual molestation that I've endured. And in some cases I've like, you know, freezed up. And in other cases I like yelled at the person, yeah. fought, you know, Fly whatever. Fly off the handle a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I, Justifiably, you know, but... Yeah, but you can't... I couldn't really predict which way I was going to go. No, mm-hmm. you can't really control it when you just go into those instinctual responses. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to play out however it's... Or however the hormones are balanced that day, I suppose. Yeah. That's crazy. It's totally how... Cool. It's more, how more your fodder for chemicals men to be respond. like, it's your hormones... <laughs> uh, oh well, it's their it's their hormones too. It's not like men don't have oh, hormones. Oh fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. they Jesus. definitely do. Yeah. All right. Um, so I wanted to spotlight two incredible <laughs> cases that we've all heard about and just yep. sort of unpack them very briefly. Yeah, kick uh, us the off. The first one, you may have heard of a crazy woman named Jody Arias. I love her so much. <laughs> I have watched every Lifetime movie, everything about this woman. Um, so her real story <laughs> is fucking way crazier than that Lifetime movie. They couldn't show sure that shit on is. TV. What? Sure couldn't. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. So She's wackadoo. I love her. I added some photos to our folder that we will definitely be putting on the blog later. Yeah. Yep. Um, so basically in 2008 in Arizona, she murdered her ex-boyfriend, Travis Alexander. Um, he -hmm. was found five days later dead in the shower by his friends. Um, her, her story has changed countless times. Like, I don't think we'll ever know what actually fucking happened, but get it together. Basically, 
before he was killed, they dated for a while. They had a really weird sex life. He may or may not have been into children and some Mm. weird, like, oppressed Mormon sexual shit. Like, Mm. you know, Mormons believe that vaginal intercourse is the only sex. He was free to have oral and anal till the cows come home. See, I told you, the the born-agains don't care about in the butt. We talked about about this in ep one. Jesus said it was fine to do butt stuff. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Jesus was a big fan of butt stuff. (laughs) And maybe look at children, too? I don't know. No, no. Just butt stuff. Yeah, I'll go there. Yeah, okay. Okay. uh, Even this atheist won't go there. I'll give Jesus that much. So he was found... He was found with between 27 and 29 stab wounds. His throat... Yeah, so he's got that pecan... Pecan Sandyism. <laughs> pecan Sandyism, yep. Pecan pie. Until we have Jillian on the show, I'm never going to know how to pronounce that, so... Pecantism, where someone is stabbed, like, a bunch of times. Pe- oh, pecarism. the pecan... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Pecan Sandyism. I yeah. was like, Of course, hmm. none of us looked it Sandies. up. Okay, perfect. No. Um, okay, so he was stabbed. His throat was, like, slit, like, real slit. And he uh-huh. then he was shot in the head. He has defensive wounds. Um, he's just real fucked up. Mm. And, uh, yeah, his body was discovered five days later. Uh, he, he, the, the police found a digital camera in the washing machine that had several mm-hmm. photos of him in the shower right before. Like, it must have been moments before she killed him. And yeah, there's that a famous so photo of crazy. him that's like Yeah, that's like supposed to be the last image of him before he died. Yep, also on the blog. So she so she mm-hmm. was taking she, pictures of him on purpose before she killed him. Yeah. They took a lot yeah. of pictures of each other. Like they were into some mm. kinky shit. But um he was afraid of her because she was like stalking him and slashing his tires and wearing she has a shirt that says Travis Alexander's yeah. And like Ugh. underwear that says Travis's. Like she was that is fucking nuts. so gross. There's something yeah. about that name. Okay. All um, of my underwear just says Nympho on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Not specific. <laughs> my underwear says Propose Dan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Lucy's really committed to the movement. <laughs> So really the question what a big a big question of her Kate like I think everyone kind of knows that she fucking killed him. It's, eventually right. she confessed that she killed him but said it was self defense but she's just a sure. fucking nut. That was like her fourth story. Um yeah. so the question that tend her tend to attack when they themselves are in the shower. That makes right. sense. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. Um, so a big question for this one that I just want to point out, was it a crime of passion or was it premeditated murder? So this would mm. be a case where if her defense team legally or uh, successfully proved, which they did not, that it was a crime of passion. And if she weren't so batshit crazy and changed her story several right. times, she could mm. have claimed temporary insanity, possibly. Yeah, although girl, she was girl a- dug her own grave so hard in this entire yeah totally so she was convicted of first degree murder and she's serving life in prison Mm -hmm. all right Uh, the second case which is one of my favorites oh yes 1993 lorena bobbitt yes Uh uh-huh yes yes love this bitch i am like not up to snuff apparently on my crimes of passion okay you don't know who lorena bobbitt is listen up lady 
Listen All right. up. I am I am My all jaw ears. is on the ground. <laughs> Minus two. <laughs> okay, so this woman was married to a guy named John Wayne Bobbitt, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> um, one evening, as he lay sleeping, she went into the bedroom and cut off his penis while he slept at oh, the you base. Go girl. That bitch. At the base. Yes. Go girl. She got in her car, drove away with the severed dick, threw it into a field, and then called 911. <laughs> so later, the fact that she after... even called 911 is hysterical. Like, well, why? Oh my god. Why? It's bother? so great. I think because she knew she wasn't going to get away with it. But here's my favorite part. After an exhaustive search for the wiener. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are so many good pictures. Like, I remember this being on the news. And uh-huh. it's like Good Samaritan volunteers combing a field on the side of the road oh, looking for a dick. I have a picture <laughs> of someone testifying at trial with a photo of the severed dick. And it's like this little bloody like stump. It's so gross. uh, so, so anyway, they were, just, they, they were just trying to find it for evidentiary purposes, not to reattach uh, it. Right? Yeah. Uh, l- no, well, they found it and reattached it in a nine and a half <gasps> hour surgery. Yep. Here's what? Here's the part that will blow your fucking brains out, Kenyon. He went on <gasps> to star in two porno films. What? Called called John Wayne <laughs> Bobbitt Uncut. And, <laughs> and and Franken penis. <laughs> he he oh also God. started a band that failed, <laughs> go figure, called The Severed Parts. I love him. Oh, it sounds like detachable penis. I am so impressed with his like ingenuity. Like he bounced back. It sounded like it made, made his it career. Um, it did. You know, I don't feel that bad for him because Lorena Bobbitt claims that he raped her regularly, which, of course, no one believed because they were married. That doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, you can't rape your wife, so. Um, She testified that he was a selfish lover. He always had Mm. an orgasm and never waits for me to have one. He's so selfish. Ugh. What an asshole. Yeah. Um, Warranted. Got it. So way later, (laughs) like several years later, John Bobbitt was... Well, actually, within the next several years, he was convicted of several different batteries and beating women. So he really mm-hmm. was a piece of absolute shit. Oh, okay. yeah. And then yeah, so um, later on, dude. he got into a bad car accident and broke his spine too bad. Is he shame. paralyzed? Oh, he's shame. fucked up. I don't know where he's at now. I think he, like, I don't know. He's still alive. Whoa. Um, here's the best what part. What if he so had lost in... his dick again in that accident? <laughs> oh my god, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> not again. Like, we are not fucking doing Keep this for you for a third time, okay? This surgery is time consuming. It's taking up a lot of state resources. So I'm sure it's not going to ha- cover this. Hang on to your fucking dick, Bobbit, in the future. <laughs> right. All right? Um, the boy so who cried so no good. penis. So this crime happened in 1993, and I assume mm. the trial happened, like, pretty soon thereafter. They divorced in 1995. What? <laughs> it took that long? Uh, Why did it take uh, that long? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. They were trying to work it out, okay? They were oh trying to God. reconcile. There's well, some anyway, she- she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. So they had yes. kind of a little bit of the crime of passion defense. So she did no wow. time for this. 
What? None? She was found not guilty. Because they were able to prove that he was a giant piece of shit and she was justified in cutting his dick off. Yeah, he drove her to extreme emotional distress would be my theory on the defense. We need to advertise this case just so men out there are aware. Not oh, all men. Don't You're fuck the only with us. person on the planet who didn't hear about Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah, Everyone I'm pretty knows about sure this case. you are the only person. Oh, shit. Okay. I blame your mother. Yeah, yeah your mom she, hid it from you. Because I, I remember I this from my childhood. Uh-huh. Like, right. I'm 99% sure we would play pretend with, like, the neighbor boys searching for a penis in somebody's yard. <laughs> I have, like, a distinct memory of, like, me and Sam and Nick across the street, like, going on a penis hunt. Oh, my God. That sounds weird, but it's not weird. It wasn't weird at the time. I swear okay. it wasn't weird. They were into um, so- it. There's a photo of the lawyer holding the picture of the sad little severed wiener, and then there's also a photo of apparently John Wayne Bobbitt surrounded by Playboy bunnies looking like a fucking tool. Holy shit, that penis, I thought there was a pizza roll. It looks Wait, like you, a toasty pizza roll. You're looking at the picture? I didn't look at the They're picture They're on yet. the drive. That is the tip. That's at the base? That's sad. I mean, it's flaccid, and she cut it off, so it's like nothing oh. happening. <laughs> it absolutely, a thousand percent looks like a pizza roll. Looks like a pizza like, roll. Like, like I want pizza rolls me so bad. hungry. That yeah, is I'm how much it looks like a pizza roll. And also the just Like the a pizza look. roll that kind of bursts a little in the oven and like <laughs> yeah. a little bit of the sauce is coming out. Yeah, know, Those like, are the best I ones. Know. They get kind of crunchy. Yeah. Oh, they're perfect. <laughs> and the look on the lawyer's face is so amazing. Where he's like, I can't like, believe this is my fucking job. <laughs> what am I doing here? We need to add yeah. a thought bubble coming out of that man's head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Like, oh I spent God. 150 grand in law school for this shit. To yeah. hold up a picture of a severed dick. <laughs> Fuck this shit. What and has still, my life and become? And still lose. He's, he, this yeah. man lost the case. I mean, I'm actually not shit. sure who this guy is. I presume it's the prosecution because yeah, that's yeah. a gross little, little guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... um. My, I chose just one story, and what one of the things that I love about it is that it comes out of the UK, and like normally we think of Brits as like really prim and proper, and then yeah. this story just like blows that out of the water. So perfect. Uh, yeah, it it gave me some, uh, it amused me a little bit. Okay, love it. So. Georgina, aka Sally. It seems like she only went by Sally. Um, okay. Which I don't know how you get that from Georgina, but fine. I don't know. Uh, um, and Richard Challen were a married couple living in the UK in 2010. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I looked up the town name, and of course it's something like ridiculous, like Hobbitville. I don't even know. On <laughs> um, <laughs> the green. <clears throat> yeah. The Shire. There were like several like hyphens in the name of this town. So <laughs> what is wrong just, with them? I know. So I don't even know. And I think like their neighborhood was called Ruxley Ridge, which is very similar to Wooby Ridge. Wooby Ridge. 
I cut that out. I know. I know. Of the last episode. I don't okay. remember that Ooh, part because I was so shit-faced by that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Yikes. Sally and Richard uh, had two grown children. They had been married for 31 years. Uh, she was in her late 50s. He was in his early 60s. She was an office manager. He was a retired... Um, Wealthy businessman, it said. I think he owned this like car like dealerships. The perfect picture of an American marriage so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, British, but yeah, same thing. Yeah, they're just Plot like twist. Oh, right. British. <laughs> British marriage. Totally just like normal ass people, right? <clears throat> so for years, uh, Sally suspected that Richard had been cheating on her. And mm-hmm. um, what she- rich businessman cheats on his wife? Right? Oh, it's unheard of. It's (laughs) insanity. Um, So (laughs) she developed this, like, very clever way of, um, or idea of counting and keeping track of his Viagra pills. (laughs) What? Smart lady. (laughs) In order to, like, know if he was, like, banging other women. Um, So... <laughs> okay. It's cool. So, it's so I'm just smart. gonna roll with it because I can't. It's smart. It's awesome. It is. Yeah. And it's Soup's cheaper. Clever. It's cheaper than hiring a private investigator. You know, it's just count count his Viagra pills. And he's probably Fair dumb enough. enough to not try to hide it at all. Oh, I don't yeah. know if I counted his Viagra pills and it didn't add up is a good defense in court, though. Well, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. I guess we'll that. find out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she tracked the pills um, and also his, like, behavior, anything, like, suspicious in her diary every night, like, really diligently Oh, my God, for what years. is with diaries? Who keeps a diary? Who has the time? What? No one. No. Yeah. It's insane. So, anyway. Yikes. She's British. It's old-timey. She was probably sitting by an open window at the time when she writes with in every day. With a fire night. burning. Yeah. She had, like, a, quill. Like a, a correspondence <laughs> desk. Like, fucking Emily Dickens over here. Before the hearth. Oh, my God. Ca- counting yes. Viagra tablets. It's, it's it by 2010, ladies. Wistfully. 2010. <laughs> yeah. okay. But it's not accurate. But it's England. Right. It's 2010, 2010 but in, England. like, Surrey. I don't even know. Fetch me my quill. I must write my diary. <laughs> Dear diary. Dear diary. My husband is missing diary. 47 Viagra pills. <laughs> I, actually, I actually have so many quotes from the diary. So are you ready? <laughs> yes. Please read oh, them in that God. voice. Dear diary. Oh, yes. Okay. So, so she tracked the pills in the diary and she wrote things like, quote, packet V in suit jacket. Oh, and what? like the packet of, she noticed that the packet of Viagra was in his suit jacket. Oh my God. Taking it with him. Why would you and, confront him immediately? Whatever. Okay. Well, she does confront him, but we'll get fun. to that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and like liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> liar, liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. 
pants on fire. I've got too close Our to the Our British accents are on. <laughs> Apparently, none of us can do anything even resembling a British accent. <laughs> no. A liar, liar. <laughs> My pants are aflame. We're like plantation owners. Like this is totally not even the same yeah, geography or time period. We'll anyway. stop. Okay. <laughs> Cut all of that. So anyway, uh, <laughs> she also not a co- <laughs> she also complained in one diary entry about Richard uh, leering at young women while they were on a trip to Thailand. So like, he's clearly just gross, right? Oh, lady boys. Yeah, well, who knows? So, <laughs> svelte Thai lady boys. Sinewy lady boys. Mm, virile okay. young lady boys. <laughs> the, the Thai lady boys actually are like stunningly beautiful. You I know. know. Yeah, they're, they're gorgeous. gorgeous. I will never be as pretty as a Thai lady never. boy. Ever. I would Not leer. on my best day. I, I would leer be... at a Thai lady boy. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> And plucked and tanned to oblivion and not even come close to nope. the beauty of a lady. Move boy. over, Kristen Stewart. We have a new lady boy on our sights. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So <clears throat> she's tracking the Viagra pill, she's writing all the suspicious shit in her diary. Obviously, she notices that some pills are missing. Okay. Uh-huh. And I just want to ask the question. I just want to pose this to our male listeners, all like four of you. Um, <laughs> Vince. <laughs> Vince. Matt. Both that, of you. That's Nick. <laughs> and we have <our> three. Partners. <laughs> yeah, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> um, would, would a man, real question, would a man ever take Viagra in order to just jack off? By himself, like, is that a thing, or is it exclusively taken to have sex? That can't you know, be a thing. No, I don't know. I don't know. This is my theory. If you can imagine it, it exists on the internet. So, because okay. we are posing this question, mm. this has happened mm. somewhere in the world. This has happened. Okay, and it yeah. makes sense. Like, if you're feeling aroused, but you lack the proper like physicality to get the blood to your penis right but you're still but you feel aroused but you can't get hard like yeah i mean i could totally see a guy being desperate to jack off but he can't get himself hard taking a viagra to to be able to carry out that act i could see that happening Okay. But if you've done it, male listeners, all three of you, give us a give us an email. <laughs> yeah, I'd really a like, a, I'd like a solid answer com. on this. With photos, <laughs> please. Men above the age of 60 is like super in our demographic wheelhouse. So yeah. we're definitely We're definitely going to get an down answer doors to, that. to answer our questions. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So, um she eventually confronts him about the missing Viagra pills, and he tells her that he has, quote, just moved them places. Oh, just squirreling them away for the winter. <laughs> so I've hidden them around the house. Yeah, it's, a, it's a scavenger hunt. It's romantic. <laughs> so I just feel like he should have been a better liar, but anyway. <clears throat> Right. Okay. Finally, her worst suspicions are confirmed one night when she decides to follow him in the car and watches him enter a brothel called Pandora's Box. 
<laughs> yes. Oh my god. One of my favorite drag queens of all time is Pandora Box. Yeah. 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 Oh yes, yeah. super famous. Yeah. They fight over the alleged, or over the, more than alleged, over the proven cheating. They're um, estranged for about six months and living separately. Um, I think she's the one that moves out and he stays in the house, which is also kind of like, what the fuck, but fine. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe she wanted a bachelorette. I don't like that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was her choice. Who knows? So anyway, after about six months, they try to reconcile. They try to get back together. But she's clearly still, like, suspicious and on edge about him possibly cheating. Right, because he's a cheating piece of human garbage. Yeah, because he, like, cheated on her for literally years. Um, Years, yep. So, uh, (laughs) one day she leaves for the store... Um, and to pick up stuff for lunch, and when she gets home, she notices that the house phone has been moved from where it was when she left, and she asks Richard about it, and he denies that he called anyone or anyone called. Like, he denies Wait, being sorry, on the phone. Wait, sorry, they moved back in together? Yeah. No, so, they're, okay, so they're, they're, they were estranged for six months, they're living separately, they're still living separately, but they're trying to reconcile. Oh, oh gotcha. So, they're dating. Okay. They're, they're, they're dating. re-dating, yeah. So she's at mm-hmm. their marital home, basically, mm-hmm. making him lunch, making them yep. lunch. Okay, so... She's suspicious about the phone thing, so she dials what's like the equivalent of four one one or or what star six nine star star six nine. Star six nine. I remember using that shit. Mm -hmm. Totally. So she calls that to find out like who had called, and it turns out it's this woman (laughs) named Susan. And I think she must have already had a whiff of who this Susan person was. Mm -hmm. Um so you know, turns out it all comes out. Richard has been having an affair as they're trying to reconcile with this woman, of course. Susan. Of Once course. a dog, always a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, aka Dick. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Sally is, to put it lightly, displeased. But she does, she doesn't reveal to Richard in the moment that she's just dialed star six nine and like put it all together in her head. Okay, so she like pretends like she believes oh, him that okay. he didn't call anyone. She cooks him lunch. Still? Yep. I hope she. I wouldn't. It. I'd be like, you can go to McDonald's, uh, but she's trying to play it off. Okay. She poisoned it. Nope. Nope. Just wait. Oh God. So, Richard is sitting at the kitchen table eating the lunch that Sally just lovingly made for him in their former marital home. Oh, no. When she pulls out a hammer that she kept (gasps) in her purse. No. Why? Was she a carpenter? (laughs) I think maybe for, like, protection to, like, whack people with (laughs) with her purse. You know, like, real old school. Um, you know, I've kept a hammer in my purse before. I'm going to be honest. You're what? doing home repairs. I am you doing have home an repairs. Excuse. Oh, my maybe God. they were. Okay, no. along with my cheeseburgers. Oh God. <laughs> so she pulls the hammer out of her purse, and as he's sitting at the kitchen table eating his lunch, she hits him over the head twenty to twenty-five times. 
Oh, fuck. Yes. So he's she fine, just, right? Yeah. So Richard is like, what the fuck? Not cool. Not um, cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, bitch, I'm trying to eat. I say, bitch, I'm trying to eat at least All once a week. All the time. <laughs> yep. Like, I'm it's one of my go-to. I'm glad that like a legacy for you. <laughs> mm. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Trina. Okay, back to Sally and Richard. So she fucking wails on him 20 to 25 times including like he falls off the chair she like keeps wailing on him with the hammer when he's like on the floor dying there's blood fucking everywhere Mm -hmm. um obviously he dies of blunt force trauma to the head (laughs) according to the post-mortem or viagra Um, overdose okay after killing him yeah that's Sally what it looks like to upstairs, me. Suicide by Viagra. Finds some old curtains. Comes <laughs> back down. Cleared co- of all charges. <laughs> yeah. Covers the body. <laughs> covers the body with these old curtains, which is like a classic sign that the killer knows the victim that they try to cover the body. But anyway, just yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like changes her outfit, and then because ah. she's soaked in blood. Soaked in blood. Um, yeah. And like a ham sandwich, just like pieces of like oh. Wonder Bread and blood, like everywhere. Anyway, oh my um, god, I'm so <laughs> hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then she takes some paper from the printer, writes a note, leaves it on Richard's body. The note says, "I love you, Sally." Then this is absolutely my favorite part of the whole story. <laughs> I can't wait. She washes the dishes. Yes. <gasps> yeah, I yes. probably would too. <laughs> she needs to unwind. Right? She needs to cool down. She puts on a podcast. She <laughs> Yep. Pours herself some wine. Yeah. Does a load of dishes. Jots some notes in her diary. Die. Die diary. <laughs> Okay, so then she she leaves. She goes back to, you know, whatever, the house or apartment that she's been staying in. The next morning, she goes back to the scene of the crime, snoops through Richard's briefcase, looks through his computer, listens to the messages on his phone, just like... Finds out he wasn't cheating the whole time. He, <laughs> sat, he was just, like, planning a lavish vacation for them. He was, Ooh, he was like, volunteering sorry. for, like, blind children. Susan was his travel agent. He was <laughs> donating his pills to, like, needy teenagers. Ah, to needy dogs with pulmonary hypertension like my dog has. <laughs> yeah. Your dog my, takes Viagra? Yes. Yeah, my dog takes two low doses of Viagra <laughs> a day for his heart. <laughs> He was totally volunteering at an animal shelter. (laughs) Or so so Dan says. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dan does order the pills every month. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I hate you both. Oh, my God. Okay, so then... The uh, so this is the this is all the the day after the attack. So then, so she snoops through all the stuff at the scene of the crime, and then she decides. I guess it kind of like sinks in, like the gravity of the situation. And she just like killed yeah. her fucking husband. So she gets right. in the car and she drives seventy miles to this town called Beachy Head. <laughs> Beachy head. <laughs> Beachy head, which is like the hairstyle that I have attempted and never achieved for years. <laughs> yeah. Beach yeah. waves. 
but yeah. Like, I don't care how much, like, Bumble and Bumble sea salt spray I spray in my hair. It's not, I'm not getting waves. Okay, so she, she goes to this place. It's like a notorious suicide spot. And uh, she's threatening to jump off of this 500-foot cliff. And somehow, you know, people must notice because they call the authorities. And she's, like, coaxed away from the edge of the cliff by a few, like, local chaplains and a police negotiator. Oh, poor thing. This is so British. Okay. It's, like, so British and so dramatic. It's actually, like... A scene in like several British procedurals in that Broad I love. Church. Oh, Broadchurch, um, yeah. The chaplains Fantastic. make it. Yeah, mm. chaplains, just so good. Okay, there's she some nuns with like f- habits flowing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> the fog is rolling that. in, and there's just heather and like yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a fisherman somewhere, just like coiling rope. <laughs> Soothing oceans. (laughs) All right, so Sally basically confesses during the whole like coaxed off the edge of a cliff incident, and then she's like immediately arrested. At the trial, she denies murder, which I think is like the British equivalent of pleading not guilty. Um, <coughs> sure. By by reason of... What? Sorry, quick question. She was immediately yeah. arrested. Did, had they already found his body? Or was she arrested because she just tried to commit suicide? Is that an arrestable thing? Uh, no, I think it came out what she had done when they pulled yeah. her away from committing yeah. suicide. Exactly. Like she confessed, so, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. she did. Yep. She did confess as they were, like, trying to get her to not jump off the cliff. Oh, She, gotcha. she said, I just killed my husband, whatever. Um, whatever. Oh, I just killed my husband, but he was a lying Whatever, he shit, deserved so it. So whatever, yeah. Um, mm. Okay, so she claims diminished responsibility in court, which I think is the same thing as, like, temporary insanity. Um, sure. I like that defense. I like right? it, too. I'm not totes guilty. Yeah, I'm, like, sort of kind of guilty. I'm, like, I don't want to be fully responsible all the time. Sometimes I do have diminished responsibility. Oh, (laughs) I mean, we can't be responsible all the time. Anyway. It's too much. That's why none of us are parents. No. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Um, Okay, so the jury uh, unanimously agreed with the prosecution. Um thinking yeah. that it was a conscious and calculated decision. I could not find out for the life of me if she regularly carried the hammer or if she brought the hammer in her purse specifically. You know what? Maybe she had to, she maybe quote, the hammer brought was down like the hammer. Maybe the hammer was like in the basement and she brought it up and like kind of hid it in her purse. It is, it is definitely possible. So she didn't, like, yeah. keep it in her purse, but she just, like, had it in there to, like, sneak into the room and bash him with it. Right. Sure. I feel like it's, it's like, that's what the premeditation charge is, like, hinging on, but I could not find any information about it. Although she did, like, figure out the affair and then make lunch and then kill him when he was, like, unsuspecting, so maybe it doesn't really matter, the hammer <clears throat> thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she was uh, convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison. I don't think they have the death penalty in the UK. 
Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's yeah. too morbid. Oh, no, oh, it's, it's a so un- Uncivilized. So um, base. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> so then uh, she, yeah, she had served like 22 years at minimum. I think that was later reduced to 18 years minimum, whatever. So they do, they call it life in prison, but then they set like a minimum, which is kind of weird. Um, right. Okay, a, f- a few other, this is the last thing, so a few other key diary entries. Yes. <laughs> I was August. hoping we'd get more dire. <laughs> dire. I wish I could do a British dire. accent. Um, August, <laughs> August 13th, 2004. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Quote, I love it. I'll stop. I will stop. <laughs> Asked Tim for a kiss. He said he didn't want to be forced to do something he didn't want to do. Oh, welcome to our world. Fucking... <laughs> Asshole. What a dick thing to say. Yeah, like, divorce a... his ass in 2004. Don't wait till yeah. 2010 to kill him. Like, right. obviously Ugh. he's having an affair. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Ick. Octo- October, or he's just a prick. Huge prick. Okay. October 6th, found receipt for Dominion Theater for drinks when he said he was in... <laughs> I can't even say this. I kept this quote just because of the name of this town. Oh Nurburgring. <laughs> Nurburgring. Nurburgring. Do you think? Do you think there are three drunk girls in the UK doing a podcast right now, making fun of names of towns in the US? <laughs> well, there's a really good alternate ones? universe. There's a really good so, British podcast called Slaughter the Pod, but they mostly focus on British crimes. But anyway, got it. Okay, <sighs> last last thing. November 11th, uh, lost three stone due to stress, which to me, it just feels like, it just feels like a Bridget Jones diary entry. Like it totally (laughs) is. And then you like, remember the fact that she like brutally murdered her husband with a hammer. Right, right, right. But that's neither here nor there. But yeah. (laughs) I love the diary. While watching Mark Darcy. Work out. Yeah. All right, that that is my piece. That is Sally and Richard Challen from the UK. Oh, nice. You know, I don't blame her, as I don't blame most of our criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I, about it. I don't blame really any of them. Yeah, Jody well, Arias, she's a crazy bitch. Yeah, yeah. she's the one that I, I feel like is actually nutty. Yeah. But this gal yeah. <laughs> that we're about <laughs> to chat about is also a little unhinged. So this okay. is uh, this is a crime out of Germany. Ooh. And, yep, it actually took place a while back, but has just been, like, discovered in the oh. past couple weeks. Oh, my so God. It's so actually recent. kind of fun because you can go, after listening to this, you can go find articles about it. They have pretty strict privacy laws in Germany, so they only have released first names and last initials for the people involved in these crime in this crime. And okay. the only photo that I could get is literally this woman with a piece of paper in front of her face in court because they have they won't release anything. Which God I think is kind of cool like for them, but it's really fucking up the podcast, so could you not, <laughs> Germany. I appreciate you caring about your citizens, but like we have work to do. Could you just um, like ruin these people's lives so that we can have like a slideshow on the blog? Thanks. Yeah, I yeah. need my slideshow. <laughs> so the perpetrator really is important. 
the perpetrator is Gabrielle P. Okay. And her victim was her boyfriend, Alex H. Mm. So they were into some kinky sex stuff, apparently, as well. Um, he was really more of the person who wanted to do that stuff than her, but she kind of went along with it because she loved her Alex. And her boyfriend was, uh, her boyfriend told her to tie him to the bed and blindfold him for a little sex game. Um, okay. And during, yep, so he's tied up, he's blindfolded, he's blindfolded with diving goggles that have been blacked out with tape. <laughs> so bootleg. Weird. Oh my like, God. silk scarf. That's <laughs> really like steampunk. It was very strange. <laughs> Very strange. So he's tied up. He's tied up and blindfolded. And she reaches for a circular saw that is plugged in and at the ready in their bedroom and dives the saw into his chest. Okay. Okay. Killing him. I have, I have a lot to say about Yeah, this. on purpose? Yes. Uh, yep, on purpose. Why? Do you want me to why? keep going or do you have questions now? Because we're just getting started. <laughs> oh my god! What? What? What else would the purpose of the saw be in the bedroom? Like they're not banging well, in the garage. They, no, but they claimed that they were making home repairs, and in that's the why the saw plugged, plugged in. All right, okay. and that's why all the right. saw was plugged in and prepared. Again, this all—it all comes together. Okay. So she does admit to the killing. Um, and they are trying to spin it as an unpremeditated act of desperation. She claims that she'd been driven to despair after her lover, um, forced her to take part in these weird sex games that she didn't want to do. But he's the one blindfolded and, and tied up. Yes. Well, he probably likes it. Yeah. He's asking her to do these things to him. Yeah. But she's still, so I don't know. know. She, she's on tap. Don't worry, there's a diary. Oh, oh yes. diary. Although I actually don't know <laughs> if I have anything from the diary, but there is a diary. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> so the killing took place back in 2008 when Gabrielle was 23. Um, mm. Nothing was discovered about this until literally February of 2016, so in the last year. When so no one's Alex noticed H's... he was missing? Oh, no. Don't worry about it. I'm going to cover sorry, sorry. that. I'll shut up. <laughs> Um, we want nothing more. is nothing Hello. is discovered until February 2016 when his dismembered body was found buried in the garden outside of her house where the couple lived together in Munich. Wait, how she long after this was? Sorry, how long was he dead? Eight years. Oh my It's been God. eight years. Okay. 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 So to give it a little bit of backstory, the two met when she was only 16. They moved in together when she was 18, so she was very young. When they got together, um, their relationship was described as a new word that I absolutely love. Tempestuous. Mm. Good word. She said, quote, he was two different people. The one I fell in love with was cultured and funny, which makes me wonder who's the one, the other person. Right. Um, he apparently had a darker side in this diary that she kept with records, um, of their degrading sex practices that he forced her to take part in. How much older Sorry. was he? <clears throat> he was considerably older than her. I think he was like eight or nine years older than her. Shortly before the killing, they had fought, and she kicked mm. him out. 
And so, like, it was kind of a loud fight. Like, all the neighbors saw. Everyone was kind of aware that this had happened. They mm-hmm. reconcile. But the prosecution is trying to make the case that she'd planned to kill him at that point. Like, after the fight, but before the reconciliation. Mm. She started thinking, I gotta mm. get rid of this guy because I can't get him out of my life. Premeditation. Yeah. Ge- exactly. Gentlemen, so that's- gentlemen, if, if your woman is trying to reconcile a little too keenly. Kill you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's luring she's you back into the fly trap for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. wear a Run. helmet and a nut cup at all times. Go- or just goggles don't won't protect come you. Over. Goggles no. won't protect no. you. So here, here we are on the night of the killing. Again, he blindfolds himself with a pair of diving glasses, blacked out with tape. He told Gabrielle to tie him to the bed. And once she had secured him to the bed, she reached for a circular saw that was allegedly in their room because they were in the process of renovating. That's so, so Lucy, fucking bullshit. I know. I'm not. thinking of like what weapons I would have close at hand in our bedroom. Not many. But she puts the <laughs> well, running the saw through his chest. The hammer that I keep in my purse. Oh right, next <laughs> to your chicken nuggets, McChickens. <laughs> right. She puts the running saw through his chest, killing him almost instantly. Ooh. After. After he was dead, she used the saw to remove his head from his body. <gasps> yeah. Okay, a circular saw. There'd be fucking blood everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, everywhere. But it's getting it's hot fucking in Germany her. and they're keeping privacy so well, we can't oh see God. any of the crime scene photos. I hope she I'm repaints actually okay. the room. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> So after he dies, she uses the saw to remove his head from his body, and then she lovingly covers his remains with a sheet. See, covering here's where the things here's where things get real weird. Oh, oh, because they haven't here, yet. Here's where <laughs> yeah. they get weird. Got this it. is where it takes a turn. Kay. She left him covered right. in the bed for six months. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my yeah. god! Where did she live? Um, uh, I don't know. She was sleeping on the couch, I would imagine, unless she was, oh like, God, snuggling up next to him. She was the head, in like... that property? Oh, yeah. She still lived in the house that they shared. <gasps> that oh, was He was hell. just upstairs in the bed. Also, did she... Did she off so the head and is... finish the house renovations? Uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, the, I believe the head remained in the bed with him. He was dismembered, but all in one place. Uh... Oh, yeah. Dude, that would smell so fucking bad. Well, it wasn't until she brought home a new lover that the (gasps) body was discovered. Rebound. Oh, my God. (sighs) Yep. She she thought she (laughs) could get away with that? So her new beau, don't worry about it, it keeps going. Her new beau, Christian. I'm too drunk for this. Christian helps her Uh, bury the corpse in the garden instead of alerting the police. Girl had magic pussy. Yeah, she did. He's been charged and sentenced to two and a half years in prison for helping hide the body. Only? Yeah, I know. Yeah. He says, "quote I did it out of love for Gabrielle." Hmm. Oh, that was a crime of passion on his behalf. So you're probably wondering, like, what the fuck? This guy was missing for eight years. Why didn't anyone look for him? Well, Alex's parents did try to file a missing persons report, but couple things factored into this. A, that's actually super hard to do for an adult. Yeah. 
anyone under 18 really anywhere in the world, but especially in, like, developed countries with a police department, it's really fucking hard to file over a police report if you're over 18. If you're under 18, you're, like, good to go because you're a minor and you're a kid and they're all going to fucking Amber Alert and look for you. But if you're an adult, yeah. you can go anywhere you want of your own free will and people are not going to go look for you. Yeah. Um, Is that just an American thing, then, that people at least pretend to care that you're missing? I don't know. Or is it, like, a Facebook thing? (laughs) It's just a Facebook thing. Okay. Um, Just we, second thing, guy. Apparently, like, the day she murdered him, she was on the phone with his mother and (laughs) told his mother that he had run off to Romania with a new girlfriend. Before she murdered him or after? No, like, right after she murdered him. She was covering her tracks. A likely story. Um, and then there was actually a false sighting of him in 2010 that seemed to corroborate the story that he had run off. Somebody Ew. thought they saw him. So she got so was really like, lucky. Yeah, she got lucky. so fucking lucky. It was like a trifecta of things that, that came together to make it seem like maybe he had wandered yeah. off. Yeah. And was um, he enough of a weirdo? Like, he was a, a bit of a weirdo sexually. Yes, however... Was he enough of a weirdo that, like, his parents would believe that he would run off to Romania, or... Yeah, the the neighbors uh, used to call their house... I mean, I don't even remember. It was something like they called it the hippie house, and they would always have parties, and, like... Okay. They were all having orgies, and, like, they weren't super well-respected in their little community because they were were party people. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. So he was kind of... It could have happened. Okay. Yeah. But I think this is actually my favorite part. So the new boyfriend, (laughs) Christian, so, like, he helps her bury this body. It's it's still 2008 because he he came over to her house six months after the death. So he's been with her forever. This is years, years have passed. So this is how all of this was discovered in in the last year. Christian went to a party (laughs) and got drunk. Oh no! <laughs> and started bl- running his mouth about how he helped Gabrielle hide a body, and the friends he told were like, "What the fuck?" And they called the police, and he got arrested. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh, and so oh no. the trial is actually still ongoing, and I think a big part of what they're trying to do is to decide whether or not it was premeditated, or if it was a crime of passion, because that's going to change her sentencing. But she has oh admitted to it, so she's going to jail. Now it's just, like, the little intricacies of what of charges like how, she's going away long. for. Right. Isn't so that she's fucking in cu- crazy? So she's in custody right now? She's in custody, yep. She's, she's act- we're in the middle of her trial, like, right now. Oh, so my God. She's on the stand still, at this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm still, like, a little unclear about, like, why she did it in the first place. Like, sh- like so, her... I think that the the defense that they're trying to build is, and, like, using the diaries and all this stuff, is basically that she was essentially sexually assaulted by this older man who kind of, like, preyed on her at a young age. They moved in together. And yeah, if they was, got together at, she was 16? She was 16 when they first started dating. And How she didn't kill he? him until she was 23. He was, like, eight or something years older than her. So okay. he could have been, so, like, 23, 24 when they first yeah, started dating. Yeah, it was, like, a statutory situation okay. when, they, when they started dating. 
and he was like into all this freaky sex stuff that she wasn't super into but I guess she felt like dominated by him and would just kind of give in to his every whim again this mm-hmm. is her spinning of the tale we'll never get right. Alex H's side of the story because right. he's, he's in pieces in the garden beheaded in the garden yeah. no, she, he's and in like the garden. super decomposed well yeah they wrapped him in plastic they wrapped the pieces in plastic um so yeah, like all the bones and everything are preserved, but he was under there for eight years. So I bet they, they... got some great tomatoes in that garden, though. Oh, oh my! Like a... <laughs> oh, like some a weed. Rosa. Some heirloom. <laughs> some yeah, heirloom. some really beautiful heirloom tomatoes came out of it. But yeah, I that's, just, the, that's I just the defense like... they're trying to spin. I just like do not understand beheading. Like I don't no, understand. I mean, I... I can wrap my head, like, don't quote me on this. Please don't prosecute me if anything ever happens. But I can <laughs> see killing someone. I cannot see beheading someone. I just no. don't get it. I think I it's really... like a, I think it's like a fully, like a fuck you, like you're yep. fucking dead. It's a very base, mm-hmm. I'm cutting yeah. your fucking head off. Like, that's a I really... Think... Yeah. I think for me, thing. the big turnoff of this entire thing is just the mess. That would have been so fucking messy, and she didn't clean it up like ever. No, no, not that it, not that it looked like she basically just left, left it there. the room like a little shrine, a little fucking. I feel like just the, the fact that she left him there untouched yeah. for years. Oh yeah. And no, still she lived in, well, she in left the him property. in the bed for six months. He was only inside okay. for six months. Okay. But still, who knows how long he would have sat there if she hadn't brought home her new boy toy Christian to, like, yeah. help her, you know, fucking yeah. chop the rest of him up and hide him in the garden. Like, he, right. he presumably could have stayed there for a long fucking time. Is yeah. there a statute for, like, okay, so there's premeditation. Is there, like, post-meditation? That's like a good she question. let him, she let him sit there for six months, and then she cut him up and buried him. Yeah, like, like there's some element was... of planning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how it would work in in Europe, but I know that here she would have been charged with like desecration of or of a corpse. And she would have been like it, it, with a things bunch. like things like that would bring down additional charges on top of the murder charges. Hmm. But don't we so, kind of assume yeah. that someone would try to like cover their tracks? I but you get you get additional charges for like shit that you do to a body. I mean, we learned a little bit about that in the necrophilia episode. Hell yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um hiding a body, like she, I mean, if she were being tried in the United States, she'd have a whole smorgasbord to be German of charges. <laughs> I think that's her. Swedish. Um, Whatever. You're well, fuck. I'm sorry. To be not I can't help English. it. Well, I'll you cut could. all of it out so that you don't look <laughs> right. like such a bitch. <laughs> Bye. Anyway, that was mine. Bye. And um, because this trial is ongoing, I will probably provide small updates on this case in future episodes. Hell yeah. If anything comes up because it's so fucking fascinating and I'm just like obsessed with this. I checked on it like every day this week. Yeah, what was <laughs> her like, name again? Has anything happened? Her name was Gabrielle P. Okay. All right. If you just Google Gabrielle P beheading Germany, all <laughs> over it. <laughs> A lot of articles. 
It's really funny, too, because you get the legit articles. Like, there's something in the Times. There's some international news about her. Um, and then just, like, European tabloids that are like, some crazy bitch cuts off head of, like, so sex-crazed boyfriend. European tabloids are yep. the fucking best. So good. There's so there's no, no filter. I just want to, like, confess that, like, 90% of the information about my case came from, like, the Daily Mail, which is, like, Perfect. super not even <laughs> a, a reputable source. But I just literally, I like, cherry-picked whatever was most sensational and used that. Yeah, the language is so colorful and fun, too. They're so yeah. bombastic. They yeah. write our episodes for us. Pretty yeah. much. I love the Daily Mail. <laughs> so, it's thank like you the, so much. Yeah. yeah, but Special yeah, that's that's Gabrielle P. To the Daily Mail, for real, <laughs> for real. All right, legit special thanks this week. We have. When I first wrote this, we had two, but now we have three new Patreon supporters. Uh, thank you. We're dollar millionaires now. Dollar millionaires. <laughs> we are. We are each. After, like, fees from Patreon, we are each making about $6 a month. Off I'll of take it. Guest. I will That's a lot of McDonald's. That's a lot of Taco Bell. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, the two Patreon supporters that are at the level to get the shout-out on air are uh, Marie Erickson and Vince O'Connor, our boy. One of our yeah. boys. Woo-hoo. MVP. So Vince, Vince, Vince and Marie. Vince in... in most valuable a, penis. <laughs> so, most valuable penis. Most valuable Vince. Most valuable mm-hmm. payment. Yes. <laughs> so Vince, uh, we've had five. This is episode five. He has gotten a shout out on two episodes. Uh, yep. Because uh, he also answered a question we had from episode one about corpse boners. Yeah, oh my did. god. Yeah, Vince, you're and, basically an, an unofficial cast member now. You're a I'd, host. Like to, I'd like to also give a shout out to my new friend Kaylee, who works at he, she works with bugs, but apparently she had to like dissect a corpse once, and she Ooh. illuminated me on posthumous yeah. penises. So thank nice you. Work. We will, <laughs> and and we've had some fans on Twitter ask about the answers to our post mortem penis questions, mm-hmm. and we will uh, we will answer those in a future episode. We are just too drunk to do it right now, so yeah. it's, it's <laughs> so coming. Tired. We'll yeah, take care of it later. Yeah, okay, Ooh, yeah. it's coming. Also, I don't want to I don't want to uh, cut Marie Erickson short because she has been an absolute doll. So she is another Patreon yes. supporter. Marie, Marie. Marie, what up? Okay, also, uh, last thing, big, big thanks to everyone who left an iTunes review. Uh, yes. We love you. You're getting a special uh, little digital thank you coming soon. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't left an iTunes review yet, please go do that, and you will get a little treat uh, coming up. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. It's the best way to help spread the word about the podcast and, uh, introduce new listeners to the podcast. So thank you so much. much. We do. All right. I got to pee. So me too. Well, then that's it. Then that's it. All right. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to wine and crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. 
Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Sound mixing by Dan Larson. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. All Wine and Crime episodes are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, plus a number of other podcasting apps. If we're not on your preferred app yet, let us know and we'll work to make sure you get your Wine and Crime fix ASAP. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It really is the best way to spread the word. Support for Wine and Crime comes from us. At the moment, we're footing most of the bill, but we ain't too proud to beg, so we're also on Patreon. If you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. (laughs) 